not profitable for me to boast. I will come to you in visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows, how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which is not lawful for a man to utter. What does it sound like Paul had? Paul's talking about himself. What does it sound like that he had? A vision. Sounded like he had a vision. Now, whether out of the body or not, he said, I don't know. God knows. It sounded like here that he had a vision. And he said, I was caught up into paradise and I heard inexpressible words which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast except in my infirmities. Man, I used to read that all the time and think, what the crud is he talking about? The only thing I'm going to boast in is my infirmity. What? What? What does that mean? Who wants to boast in tough times? He's talking about this amazing revelation, this vision that he had. He was caught up into the third heaven, and these things happened to him. And man, he saw this stuff, and he saw things that he couldn't even repeat. People wouldn't even be able to receive it. What, what, he, what he had, what an awesome vision. You ever been, you ever felt like, if I could just have a vision from Jesus, my life would change. If I could just have Jesus stand at the end of my bed and tell me what to do, my whole life would change. So here he has this amazing experience, and he says, but, he says, but I will not boast I'm not going to go around and tell everybody about this amazing vision and revelation that I got. I'm not going to go on and on about, well, you know, I got this vision and you didn't. Nah, 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 nah. You know, I'm not, I'm, I mean, I got this vision and revelation, but you're not spiritual enough to have these kind of... He didn't go on about that. He said, the only thing I'll boast in is my infirmities. Okay. For though I might desire to boast, I might want to do that, I will not be a fool. Think about that. For I will speak the truth, but I will refrain lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations... A thorn in the flesh was given me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Now, I've been around the church for a while, and I've heard more messages on this passage of Scripture right here than any other message. More people try to define what this messenger was or what it was that came against Paul's body. I mean, all kinds of things. 
You know, Paul was attacked with deafness, couldn't hear. Paul, you know, had some funky thing with his back, and he was like the hunchback of Notre Dame, and he walked around. And I mean, I mean, I have heard everything, everything under the sun preached about what this thorn in the flesh was. But it tells us what the thorn of the flesh was. What was it? It was a messenger of Satan. See, in fact, this isn't one of the four. I'm going to go to this passage. Look at this real quick. Sold your place here if you actually have a Bible. And look at 1 Peter 5 and verse 9. or 8 verse 8 says be sober, be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour be sober and vigilant because your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion didn't say he was one, said he, he was like one seeking whom he may devour, but resist him steadfast in the faith. Resist him steadfast in the faith. So the devil goes around like a roaring lion to try to discourage you, to keep you from fulfilling the promises and the plan that God had for your life. That's what, that's what he does. So what, so what came this assignment from the enemy that came to Paul was a thorn in the flesh. And it says, it says, it was given me a a messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I be exalted above measure. You know, I looked at the word buffet. And it's not buffet. It's buffet. He said, he said, I looked up that word buffet and, and, it's, and, it, and, it, and it's kind of a strange word, but you know how you'll, you'll find a word and it'll give examples in sentences? And, and so some of the examples of what this word means is like a wave beating against a ship, bam, or against a rock, bam, 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 bam. This messenger was sent to me, bam. Bam, and they never stop. Bam, bam, bam. He's faithful. Bam, bam, to wear you out. Bam, to try to discourage you. Bam, 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 to buffet you. Messenger was sent. Bam, 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 and not stopping. I mean, just constantly. Bam, bam, you worthless piece of trash. Bam, bam, to buffet me to try to discourage me, constantly working against me, to try to convince me that I'm not who God says I am. See, Paul said the only place that he boasted was in his infirmities. Concerning this thing, I pled with the Lord, or I pleaded with the Lord, three times, Three times. Say, only three times. See, I used to think, when I read that, I used to think, my gosh, three times he went back 
until a while back as I was reading that, I thought, he only went three times. How many times when something doesn't go away have you gone to God crying, moaning, and groaning, and complained, beat your head against the floor, you know? I mean, acted like it was the end of the world and nothing was going to change? He only went three times. You know what God said each time? My grace is sufficient. What he was saying was, you have more than enough to deal with this You have more than enough to deal with this assignment of the enemy that's trying to convince you that you're not going to fulfill the purpose and plan of God for your life. That's what he's after. He goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, but we have what it takes on the inside of us to resist him firm in our faith. We have what it takes. So he pleaded three times that it might depart, and he said, My grace is sufficient, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Now, I'm just going to tell you, as I finish this message, that that, can, that that means one thing, and it doesn't mean something else. And I'm just going to give you my interpretation of this, and what God has said to me, and what God's revealed to me about this. Because if the Apostle Paul said, there's no place for boasting in his spirituality, I only boast in my infirmities, then there's something to it, but we've got to dig it out, Okay? He said, I only boast in in, in my infirmities so that, what? So that the ability and power of God would rest upon me. There's something about what we do with infirmities that causes the ability of God not just to be around, but it be on us and it work through us. That's what he's saying. Okay? Now, back up one page to the 11th chapter. And let's look at verse 22 of chapter 11. Think of this, I wrote this down. No, I'll say it in a minute. Let's read this. Verse 22. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they the ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, 
more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. That's 39. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I'd been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, perils of my own countrymen, perils of the Gentiles, perils of the city, perils of the wilderness, perils of the sea, perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and in thirst, in fastings often, in cold and in nakedness, besides the other things, besides all the other stuff, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is made to stumble, and I do not burn with indignation? If I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. Hold your place right there and look at it the wrong way. Look at this verse real quick. This is not one of the four. <clears throat> Philippians 4 and verse 10. This is Paul again to the church at Philippi. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now, at last, your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. Not satisfied, but content. A person that's that's satisfied has no vision. I'm going to say it again. A person that's satisfied has no vision. A person that is content has relationship with God. person that's content has relationship with God. A person that's satisfied has no vision. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we get this rundown of all these things that happened to the Apostle Paul that he said, it's these things, it's because of these things that I boast. Because through every situation that has ever happened to me, I mean, one of the things he said he was in deaths often. I mean, you know, we get a hangnail and people just freak and, you know, he can't go to work. I mean, he, he, was, he was in deaths often. He said, I, I know how to be under. I know how to be in a situation where it seems like it's the worst that it ever could be. But I've learned the secret 
to be my best in the times that appear to be worst. I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. And he said, what I boast in is when I tried to do everything that I could do and it came up short, in other words, I was weak, when I tapped into his anointing and his ability, then it caused me to do things beyond the natural into the super that caused the supernatural to manifest. And in every situation, the Lord delivered me. He said, many were the persecutions that came against me, but my God delivered me from everything. I don't boast in my spirituality. Listen, this guy had a resume that would knock them all out. Like he just said, you're a Jew, I'm a Jew. You're a son of Abraham, I'm a son of Abraham. He knew these things. He had a resume, had 14 master's degrees or whatever. I mean, he, he was it. If anybody could boast in the natural, he could boast. If anybody had something to talk about that he had accomplished, he had accomplished. And even all of the infirmities that came against him, the things that he had to deal with, listen, what made him, quote, an apostle was not all his spiritual feats and all the, all the accolades that would follow somebody that you think was something. He said, no. He said, what makes me who I am is because of what I've gone through. I mean, how good is anything if we just know a bunch of stuff, but every time something that's not good or not right or something difficult that comes against and on our life, when, those, when we're faced with those things and we can't overcome those situations, what does that profit us? Absolutely nothing. And you know what? You know what? But for the grace of God, none of us can do it. But for the grace of God, none of us can. So that means every day I can face the day, and if it feels like one of the worst days I've ever faced... I can, be my, I can be the best because all it is is a challenge to overcome whatever it is that I face. What profit is it, like I was talking about Sunday, what, what profit is it if you're just good to people that are good to you? Having to deal with people in spite of their personalities and attitudes and learning to love them and lay your life down for the good of other people, that's where the challenge is. Paul said, I've been everywhere. I've done it all. Even all the things he said that I didn't even mention. I don't want to be a fool. I don't want to talk about myself and focus on my strengths. When I'm weak, I'm my strongest. When I'm in a vulnerable situation where I don't know what to do, he does. And you know what happens? You know what I've noticed? There been times in my own personal life when there were some dark times where it seemed like, you know, not dark like Paul's dark, you know, but I considered it dark tough, difficult situations. But listen, listen, after 35 years, the reason I'm still standing is because, because in those times, instead of drawing away from God, I drew to God. See, it was in those times that my relationship strengthened. So I knew in that situation, even though in the moment you don't enjoy being in those times necessarily it's not it's not the times that we're in that we rejoice and thank God for it's God in the midst of the stuff because listen we live in a world where there's just stuff you're going to go through stuff 
one way or the other, we might as well go through stuff, get through on the other side, and learn something and get stronger so when we go through something else, we're that much stronger. And we're that much more convinced of what God will do for us in every situation that we face. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Go backwards from chapter 11. Chapter 4 and verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. How many in here have ever been persecuted? You can say somebody persecuted you. Anybody know what the definition of persecution is? Literally just somebody speaking against you. They're persecuting, they're putting their mouth on you, they're persecuting. I mean, you know, it can go to different levels. But who, who, who in here has ever had anybody speak bad or ill will of you in your life? Okay. <clears throat> and the rest of you, repent. Because <laughs> you know that, you're just too lazy to read. No, I'm teasing. Um, okay, so, <clears throat> so, okay, so, so we're persecuted. I mean, we're using words here that some of them like crushed, you know? You think of crushed like, you know, your, your, uh, your garbage compactor at the house. <clears throat> That's what we think of crushed. But he said, but he said here, we're hard pressed on every side, yet we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but we're not destroyed. And 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 so so how can that be? Because he said in verse 7, this treasure of the Christ and the Christ-likeness and the light of God and the, and the revelation of who God is that all comes from relationship with God, I'm saying that Paul is saying his relationship with God grew in the times of persecution, in the difficult times. Not, not in the easy times, not when everything was good. It was in the other times that his relationship with God grew. And he said, he said, We have these things that come against us, but look at verse 17. He said, For our light affliction, which is... Who's saying this? Paul? Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look not at the things which are seen but the things that are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. Things which we see are subject to be changed, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Here's a guy that we just read all the things that he went through, and he said that they're momentary light afflictions. That's why he could say that he gloried in tribulation, or that he boast in tribulation because his boasting was in what God would do for him. 
As Christians, what will God do for you? What do you know that God will do for you? Where have you stood when it seemed like nothing was working and something wasn't going to happen? It seemed like, you know, I've done all this, but it just seems like nothing is happening and nothing is going to come to pass. What do you know today that God will do for you? That's all He wants from us. He just wants to have relationship with you to where you can tell somebody else what God has done for you. That's it. Because if you have that today, or if you're developing that today, then what will happen is it'll just get stronger and stronger and stronger. And, there, and, and that devil that roams about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, all he's looking for is people that don't really have a relationship with God. And I'm not talking about some deep relationship that you've got to have for 20 years. I'm talking about if you've been born again for three days, you can have a relationship with God when you turn towards God and toward His Word and let the Word be that final authority that settles things for you when, you, when things look like they're not going to happen. God wants you to be able to say how big that He is. And that's what Paul could do. Through everything that the man... I mean, you know, I mean, his resume of affliction <laughs> is like, I mean... Come on. I mean, go back there and read that sometime and just look at what the guy went through. But in no books of the Bible that he wrote, in the letters that he wrote to these churches or to the different people, did he ever talk about how bad something was in his own life? Never. He never talked about himself other than these different quotes of what he could boast about or what he could say. And when people were boasting and going on and on about all these things, it didn't matter about that. It doesn't matter about what you think you've done. You know, there's a passage in the Bible where Jesus said, before he went to the cross, he made this statement. He said, there'll be a time when there'll be people that will come and they'll say, but Lord, haven't, haven't we prophesied in your name? Haven't we cast out devils and laid hands on the sick? He said, depart from me because you never knew me. See, that's, what, that's not what our reputation should be. That we're the healer people. Our reputation should be that we're people that know our God. And no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, God has led us through. And, and you know, that's what takes time. That's what takes effort. It's time and effort spent believing that God will see you through something, that God will take you to another level, that God will, God will get you a job when you have no job. I mean, the Bible says that, that Jesus went to the cross and what he took on himself, what he took on himself with sickness and disease and infirmity and every kind of evil that the, that the planet has ever known or ever will know so that you and I could be liberated and free. So when, when, when we see what rightfully belongs to us, yeah, we're here to receive it. We want to receive what God has done for us. But I want to receive it because I know that he's that, not just because someone else told me. I want to know he's my healer and my deliverer and the one that has prospered me and all those things. I want, to be, I want to receive it because I have relationship with him, not just because someone else said so. Amen?
So look at this story as I end this tonight. Luke chapter 5. Luke 5 and verse 1. And, and before I read this, just, just, a, just a couple thoughts. Those momentary light afflictions are momentary when we don't look at the things that we see. That's not what we're looking at. What we're looking at is the Word of God. I've got three things here that I challenge you on in things that you face. Number one, what are you looking at? Number two, what are you standing on? Number three, what are you trusting in? Because if how you feel is what makes decisions for you, you're going to be disappointed a lot. The way, it, the way you feel or the way things appear to be, you're going to find yourself disappointed a lot. We must rule and, be, and, and, and operate from the final authority of God's Word to make decisions. God's Word must be final authority to settle everything in your life. See, if, if well, you know, my mom said that, or my dad said this, or my grandparents said this, or a teacher said that, or I was taught this, or someone else said this. See, if that's final authority, and it doesn't line up with the Word of God, then you're going to be disappointed. Because the only thing that brings hope and no disappointment is when the Word of God is final authority that you settle everything on. And so, when things come against us, Paul calls them momentary light afflictions, issues that come against us when we're looking at the right thing, we're standing on the right thing, and we're trusting in the right thing. Amen? Now listen to this story. Verse 1. <clears throat> so it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. In other words, they'd been fishing and already done. Then he got in one of the boats, which was Simon's, Peter's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped teaching, this is Jesus teaching, when he stopped teaching, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and we caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let the net down. You say, well, how does that relate to what you were just talking about? 
Glad you asked. Um, so here's Peter, and he's been out fishing all night. They're coming in, sun's coming up, it's in the morning, washing their nets, caught nothing, frustrated. You know, probably, man, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. His dad's a fisherman, his brother's a fisherman, family's fishermen, they're fisher people, right? And, uh, and here is, here's Peter, and Jesus is in his boat, and he's thinking to himself, and this guy's telling me to go and get in the boat, push out, get in the deeper waters, and throw my net out. And he knows, he knows in the natural realm that you throw a net out during the day in the Sea of Galilee and the fish go the other way. He's been doing this all his life. His dad's a fisherman, probably his grandfather's a fisherman. He knows how to fish. And he knows that's not going to work and they fished all night and caught nothing. And I had this thought, and he probably thought, and you're a carpenter. And you're telling me to cast a net. So everything in him tells him what he sees, what he knows, what he trusts, all those things, tells him. That's crazy. But at your word. And he goes and he casts a net and they fill up to where the boat's about to sink. Calls his buddies over. Their boat starts sinking. Fish like they've never seen before. Why? Because he was trusting in what he could do his own ability and his own power, what he knew, what he'd been taught all of his life. And then in a moment, watch this, catch this, in a moment, he shifted. Okay. At your word, we'll cast the nets. And he cast the nets, and what happened? Super. Super came on his natural all of a sudden, what he knew wouldn't happen, happened because he let the word be final authority. He said, at your word, I'll cast those nets. And see, see, when we become weak in what we know, what we absolutely know, what we think we have the ability to do, what we can accomplish, and we, we, we choose to just throw all the fears of those things away, just cast them over here, and believe the word, what will happen? Yeah, but pastor, you don't know. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, if you'll practice that, if you'll practice doing that, I'm telling you, God is no respecter of person. What he did for Peter here, he'll do for you. That's why Paul said, 
I mean, do, do you think that Paul was second-guessing serving God and living for God as he was in deaths often? Yeah, absolutely was. He's no different than us. People try to hail him as, you know, the Pope or something, you know, or whatever. He's no different than you and I, okay? He just believed God. And after 40 years of ministry, he said, many of the persecutions that have come against me, but God delivered me from every single one of them. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and I'd rather boast in that than tell you how great I am. Because how great you and I are, I'm going to come to the end. But how great God is, there's no end to it. <laughs> Fish that are sinking boats? I have to believe these guys never caught fish like that before. These guys didn't know there were that many fish in the Sea of Galilee. What happens is, all of heaven backs up what you choose to believe. If they got to float fish out of heaven to fill up the Sea of Galilee, whatever. If they've got to, if fish have to multiply in 15 minutes, whatever. Whatever. I don't know. I mean, I, that, that's not my job. That's not my part. My part is to get closer to Him. To get connected to Him. To realize that no matter how bad it looks, every day is a great day in God, and I'm empowered to be the best that I can be every day no matter how things look. I don't know about you, but that's a great thing. That's a great thing. And tonight, I want you to just, it's always good to close your eyes so you can concentrate on something, but I want you to close your eyes. And I wrote out this blessing that I'm going to speak over you tonight. Just close your eyes, everybody. Just close your eyes and just position yourself to receive these words. Tonight, I speak over every person and family in the house. I say that you are blessed and highly favored with God and man for the rest of the week. Doors of opportunity are opening for you this week. I say that you have favor with your family, on your job, and in every relationship that you come in contact with this week. Whatever you set your hand to, this week, I say is prospering, and I declare that each and every one of you tonight are a success. I say promises are fulfilled, promotions are being granted, and increase is coming to you because of the blessing of God. I say that the peace and joy and fulfillment from God is yours in abundance. So expect from tonight through the rest of this week that something good is going to happen to you every day. In Jesus' name. And if you believe that, come on, shout amen, somebody. Amen. amen. Come on, give God praise tonight. He's worthy to be praised.